Well, Thanksgiving is, was built, this holiday is built around uh, the harvest theme. Well, not a lot of us have a, a big garden or a thing that we're harvesting this weekend or last weekend, but um, it's, it's a moment in our calendar where we pause and give thanks. Uh, we're, we may not harvest grain, at least in Surrey. We, we've harvested blueberries and maybe some carrots and uh, probably some marijuana, but no. <laughs> we're not... I, I don't know where that came from. I was just, uh, we're not giving thanks for that, just so we're clear. At least I'm not. <laughs> Built around harvest, but we may not have harvested something physical, but we certainly have harvested, as we look back on our year, have harvested many great blessings that God's given to us. Some of them we think it's because we're so smart. Some of them we think it's because it's luck. Some of them we might think it's because uh, we just be in the right place at the right time. But can I just encourage you this morning that we take a moment to give thanks uh, today and through this weekend. Someone said this, that gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance. It turns chaos into order. It turns confusion into clarity. It can turn, gratefulness or thanksgiving, can turn a meal into a feast. It can turn a house into a home. It can turn a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace into our present, and creates a vision for our future. Thanksgiving, someone said, is my favorite day of the year because it reminds me to give thanks and to count my blessing. Because suddenly so many things become so little when we realize how blessed we are. And as Christ followers, it's much, much more than that. In Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7, it says this, that don't worry about anything. In the age of anxiety, that word rings more true than it ever has as people struggle with anxiety. Don't worry about anything, but it doesn't stop there. It says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Then, you don't just say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. No, much more than that. Then, after you've prayed about it, after you've told God what you need, after you thank Him for what He's done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You might be in a situation that you don't understand, but God's peace can be in it beyond what you understand in the moment as you give thanks. His peace will guard your heart and your minds. Sometimes all that we are aware of is what is wrong or what we don't have. Many times we are sitting in the presence of our disappointments. We're sitting in the midst of our discouragement, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our chaos, or maybe in the midst of our blessing, and we're wondering what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. But when we begin to give thanks for what God has done, for what God is doing, and what God has yet to do, suddenly everything begins to shift, and we find ourselves moving into the presence of heaven. In Jesus, we find the comfort we need. In Jesus, we find the healing that we need. In Jesus, we find the peace that we need. In Jesus, we find the love that we need. In Jesus, everything we need for life is found. And Thanksgiving is the place where you begin to access it. So this morning, we're going to hear from five different speakers, and then Shanda's going to close out. So this morning, our first speaker is Adrian. He's 14 years old in our youth ministry. Oh, man. Come on, come on, come on. So, some of them, this is their first time. Uh, I'm just going to take this away and see how you do. Aww. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. In front of all you, and uh, some of you look scary. I, I, I'm used to it, though. So, smile, engage, yeah. give them a clap hand. 
Greatly Say good job, it. whatever it is. Adrian's here and he's going to share. Let's give a warm, warm welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, one second. And each of them has six minutes and a clock's going to start to go on. Go. Um, first, I want to honor. No pressure, though. First, I want to honor Pastor Craig and Shannon for giving me this amazing honor to speak. And I also want to thank Pastor Daniel for, for helping me with this sermon. And I would like to thank Pastor Carly and Jacob for being my kids' pastors. Here's my sermon, The Importance of Thanksgiving. Um, I want to start off with a Bible verse, Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, NLV translation. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank you for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing honor you've given me, to me, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness in my life and for what you want to do in these people's life. Father, I pray that you would speak instead of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Who here is a person who likes to worry? Anyone? Raise hands. <laughs> um, I'm definitely the biggest warrior. I worry about sharks in the ocean when I go to the beach. I worry about grades when it's not necessary. I worry about, I worry when I'm when flying on an airplane that the plane is going to crash for my, and for my 13th birthday when I went to Niagara Falls, it was so scary because I went so close to the falls and I could literally, I could literally see like the, you know, the, the down part. And, yep. I do not cope well with the water. I am a big warrior. But I remember during the summer, I started to experience pains in my chest. And I was so scared because the pains kept getting worse and worse. And I was worried that, would, that it would lead to a heart attack. But Paul in Philippians, he has a blueprint on how to handle these kinds of situations. And I'm going to break the scripture into four parts. The first part is to stop worrying, start praying. My English teacher, Mr. Palmer, said that worrying never gives you a benefit. Is he, is he in this room? I know Mr. Palmer goes to this Oh, yeah, Mr. Palmer. <laughs> um, worrying never gives you a benefit. Um, worry only gives you a burden. And as children of God, we are called to pray about the situations we go through. When we pray to God, we allow him to enter our situations and remove our stress and, our, and lift our burdens. The second part is to tell God what you need. It says in 1 Peter 5, verses 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If we are not careful, we can, end up over, we can end up treating God and overlooking him as a personal vending machine with the sole purpose of providing our needs. But the, tru but the truth is that God wants to be so much more to us. He wants, he wants to have a relationship with us, and he wants to give us good things. He wants to give, us good, yeah, wants to give good things to us. Matthew 7, verse 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? ask him? As dearly loved children of God, we can boldly approach his throne and ask him for our needs. But we can also trust in God, knowing that he promises to give, us, give his children his good, good gifts. <laughs> yep. the, the third part is to thank him. When you thank God for what he has done, it builds up your faith and will help you will help you face the situation you may be going through. It's it right now. It says in Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts of praise. Give thanks, give thanks to him and praise his name. When you acknowledge that God was guiding you through 
your walk with him and hasn't left your side, you'll start to realize that the situation you may be going through is something God is willing to and will overcome. It says in the, it says in the Bible that a righteous man may fall down seven times, but he will always get up. So that's a promise from the Bible. The last part is to trade your worry for peace. It talks about the peace of God, which is bigger than you can imagine and will guard your hearts and your minds as you walk with Christ Jesus. And it talks more about this peace in John 16, verses 33. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. Um, um, yeah. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The peace of God is something that God offers for you freely and is available to you daily, which you can take refuge in despite what season of your life you may be going through. The main point is that you can always choose to be thankful to God for what he has done for you, and you can, tr you can trust God with what you need. Whatever situation you may be going through, hand over the stress to God and allow him to give you his peace. During the summer, I was waiting to see what was wrong next week from the doctor, and the chest, came, the chest pains kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember wanting to go home that day because I was in summer prime. And so, by the way, summer prime is awesome. <laughs> um, and I told the leader. And he instead prayed for my healing. And I think it was Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 that stood out for me in devotions that day. And the following week, I think it was the following week, I was in a doctor's office waiting for the results. You know that awkward slash anxious feeling you get when you're in the doctor's office and like you're not sure about what's happened? Anyone here? No, okay. I got that feeling. But when I heard the results, they were perfect. Everything was fine. Nothing was wrong. And I remember thinking, God, that in that moment, the, in, in that moment, like, he, he was faithful to me. And, like, he brought me out of the situation. I remember later that the pain started to gradually disappear. And, like, I have no pains now. I'm standing here, thanks to God's grace. And, and, um... Yeah, that, that just told me that God wasn't done with me yet and that he, is, that he has never failed me, and he is faithful. Thank you. Hello, hello. Okay, I got to find my page. Okay. Hey, guys. My name is Josh, as you guys can see. Um, and I get the amazing opportunity to speak up here, and I'm thankful. Um, I get to talk about this idea of, of giving thanks to God because he's always working in us. And I, the verse I get to use is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And it says, um, thank God that he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, to kind of explain what's happening right here, the guy who wrote this, his name is Paul. And he's writing to the, to the church of Corinth. And, and the thing about Paul is that if you had this kind of guy with this kind of character, and there are people like Paul today, but if you had this kind of guy in our society, you would look at him and kind of be super confused in a sense. You, you'd be drawn to him because there's just something about him that is just so attractive and like, man, what, what, what is it that you have? And I think that one attribute of Paul that p people look towards was, was his joy. And there's something about jo Paul's joy that, that was just so untouchable. Like, you just, you just couldn't touch it. And, like, I imagine, like, have you ever seen a kid try, try to get a ball from a dude that's, like, six foot five, big and buff? Like, there's no way that kid's going to get that ball. Like, that kid can punch him, wrestle him to the ground, do whatever he can, but there's no way that kid's getting the ball. Like, at all. That guy's just way too big. He's way too tall. Like, it's just, and this is how I kind of see Paul in the New Testament, and the way he's almost, like, portrayed and shown. See, Paul was ridiculed. He was threatened to be killed. He was physically beat up, just straight up, like, persecuted. And, and he still would stand and hold his hope so strongly, saying, like, that's it? Like, that's all you got? And there was something about that kind of attitude that was just like, how? 
And, and that's the question we, we begin to beg. And, and nope, we don't even see that in Paul, but we also see that in the disciples too. Like, how are we doing these things? And I thank God, because I think Paul just might show us how here in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But I want to read the verse after, which is 58. And I don't have it here, but um, it says, I think, therefore, my, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, and, and, and abound in the work of the Lord, for, for you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and there's something that, if you don't notice, that he says, steadfast, immovable, and abound in work for God. And, and here's the thing, that's kind of like Paul, isn't it? Like being steadfast, immovable, and, and, and doing a lot of things for God. And, and we look at that kind of idea and it's like, man, that's a lot to do. Like, steadfast, like that's hard. There's a lot of stuff coming at me. Life happens. And, and what I love, though, is that if we look to the verse in the beginning, it says, therefore, which means that Paul is saying, hey, th- before you can get to steadfastness, before you can get to immovability, before you can get to these things that, and start to look more like Jesus, really, before you can get to that, there's something you have to do first. And what I love here, it says right there, thank God that he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that Paul starts with thanksgiving and leads on to this whole idea of, man, I can hold on to my joy now. I can hold on to my hope now. And it's a beautiful thing. See, giving thanks helps us measure what God has done. And it compares that weight to the problems of this world. And we see like a stone in the ocean just covering it. And it's a beautiful image we get as Paul. It's recognizing what it says in Romans 8, 38. It's saying, which was... For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. And this thing is massive. The love of God is massive. And when we take that and we remind ourselves by thanksgiving of the realities of the kingdom, that God loves me, that he's died for me, and he's, and he's made a way for me to go to him. When we take these realities and we drop them into the balance of our life, we begin to, we're, we're, we're weighed down by the realities of this world and the suffering. We see that balance start to shift. And we give thanks and we remind ourselves and we see the weight coming up and all of a sudden it's lifted off. And this is the love of God. This is the power of thanksgiving. See, I'm not trying to minimize our pain either. And I'm not trying to encourage you guys to just ignore it and, and whatever. It's not, life is not a field of daisies. I understand that. And that's a reality that we have, that we go through pain, we go through suffering. But I think the beautiful thing about God is that he is with us. And that his love, though that, re- that reality of suffering is still there, his love and his, and his witness with us is <laughs> there and it's bigger. And we see that through the church, we see that through the people around us, and we see that in the word. And we, we really begin to see how it, it all just switches like that. Thanksgiving does that, and it's a powerful thing. So as we turn our eyes upon this idea of Jesus and what he does, we, we look full to the thing and, and how, how he's given us victory. We look full into his face and see how he's loved us and he's made, where there once stood a wall, there's now made a way. We, we it's look at that idea and we remind ourselves, we, we begin to remember those things and we see the things of this world just go strangely dim. And it becomes beautiful as we band together as a community, as we began band together as the church, we see that the things around us just go strangely dim. And this idea of the world peripheral to the church, not the church peripheral to the world, becomes a reality. And, and it all starts with thanksgiving. So as we walk through a world of suffering together, let's continue to always give thanks. Because if God is always with us, he always loves us, and he's always working within us. Yeah, that's all I got.
All right, so my name is Caleb, says on the screen. So I was trying to figure out, like, can I do a funny story? Can I tell a joke? I'm not funny, so we're just going to go to the Word. We're going to go to Luke 17, 11 and 19. See, I got a laugh out of it, too. But now, we're going to start with the Word. So Jesus traveled on towards Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? When Jesus stopped and looked at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. And they set off, and they were healed while they were walking on their way. And one of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus, shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. And when he found Jesus, he fell down on his feet and thanked him over and over, saying, You are the Messiah, and this man was a Samaritan. And so Jesus says, So where are the other nine? Weren't there ten who were healed? And they all refused to return and give thanks and glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. <clears throat> then Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, Arise and go. It is your faith that has brought your salvation and healing. So I want to talk about Thanksgiving unexpressed is a relationship unrealized. So quick background. So if you were a leper, because sometimes we can read these stories, we don't understand. But being a leper, you were an outcast. Like you literally had to live on the outskirts of town because you were unclean. You'd be walking down the street. You'd have to yell out. If people were walking, you'd be like, unclean, unclean. So they would know, get far away. Leprosy was this highly infectious and uh, contagious disease. Like you lose your limbs, your fingers, your feet, whatever. So in the story, I don't think that these men were not thankful. Like, I don't know how you could not be thankful in this situation to be completely healed. They were clearly thankful. But I just want to kind of walk through this and give some points. And remember that Thanksgiving unexpressed is a relationship unrealized. So the first thing we see in the story that there were 10 lepers and they yelled out to Jesus and they asked him, we want to be healed. We have a need. And they didn't just sit there and have a pity party like, yeah, we're lepers. We can just hang out with the other lepers. Like, it's cool. No, they're like, Jesus, help us. And so just like the lepers, we need to call out. When we're in need, we can't just sit in our, like, in our, bleh. we'd be like, God, I need you. I need you. Like, call out to him. That's the first step. That's what we need to start with. Because Jesus has the means and he has a desire to heal us. So the second thing is listen and obey. So we see the lepers weren't immediately healed. It says, Jesus told them, go to the priests. Go to the priests. And so if I was lepers, I'd be sitting there like, I, don't, I still don't have an arm. Joash doesn't have a foot. Like, what are we doing here? But no, they, they listened. So they said, we're going to listen. So they started walking, and that's when it happened. So some of you are asking God for something. And some of you are asking, like, God, I need help in this situation, whether it's financially or in my marriage or whatever it looks like. But... But what you're looking for, what you're asking God for, is on the other side of obedience. Yeah. So your breakthrough is on the other side of obedience. You have to step out. Um, there was a time last year when we were doing the Legacy Sunday. I felt like God, me and Alex felt like God was asking us to give a, a certain amount. And this was all of our savings. And we're a poor married couple. And I'm like, God, we've been praying for money. And now you're asking us to give all of our money? I'm like, okay, no, this is good, this is good. God, we will we'll do it. We, we stepped out in faith, and in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, someone's going to hand us a check. We'll pay all my student debt. We'll buy a new car and all this stuff. And this is what I think. And so sometimes when God gives you something, it's not always ex exactly what you expected. And so we never got a big fancy check, but me and her have a great job. We have been given, um, like, we, we've been able to save more money than we've ever had. And it didn't make sense back then. It didn't make sense to give all that we had. But God's been so faithful. And we could have just been like, okay, now life is good. That's just a coincidence. But no, I believe that we have to say thank you. We have to go out and say thank you. 
And the same thing with the story. The story didn't end because they did. They literally walked by faith, and then they began to be healed. And then, so I think, so there was 10 men. They were all healed. But one of them was saved, as it says. Um, so it's so easy to pray for a healing, so easy to pray for provision. We can sit there and be like, God, I need you to help me in this area. But I find, even in my own life, I don't always, either I don't remember or I don't take a moment and say, thank you, Jesus, for answering this prayer. Even if it's a sickness, if you have a cold and you start praying, don't just say, oh, I, got, I just got better, it's better. No, thank you, Jesus, for healing me in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. It says, so with the, with the Samaritan man, it says, when he discovered that he was completely healed, he turned back to find Jesus, shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. Then he found Jesus. So that tells me, he's over here, he starts freaking out and like, I've been healed, everyone, I've been healed, running. And then he falls at the feet of Jesus. We need to tell everyone, not just thinking Jesus, but hey, this is what God's been doing in my life. Yelling out these joyous praises. <laughs> and we need to go out and tell the other people. Because Thanksgiving Unexpressed, so I'm gonna, Thanksgiving Unexpressed is a relationship unrealized. Because not only does man get healed, but he had a personal conversation, he had a personal encounter with Jesus. So all of them got healed. All of them had, like, I'm sure they were thankful, but they never expressed it. So they never got that one-to-one um, relationship with Jesus. So his thankfulness brought him more than a physical healing, but a spiritual one. It, saves, it says that your faith has brought you salvation. And Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. And the message transla- translation, I love it. It says, Enter with the password, thank you. Thank you. So we get to enter into God's presence just by saying thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've do, you're doing in my life. Thank you for everything you've done. And you get to gain this new depth of a relationship, not just a, a, a transactional, but we get to have a personal connection, a personal relationship when we come with a thankful heart. Awesome. Amen. All right. Good job. Let's give Joel Fortune a warm welcome. Hello, everybody. Uh, Yeah, my name is Joel Fortune, and I get to talk to you guys today about thankfulness. Main idea today is that thankfulness creates a future where God is the center. Uh, Based on this verse, Psalm 78, 4, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Thankfulness is recognizing and giving credit. So I can be thankful to my wife for marrying me, and give her credit because she stuck through so far. (laughs) Thankfulness to God works the same way. We recognize what God has done, and we give him credit for bringing bringing us close to him. As we're thankful to God, it brings us close to him, but we also get to tell the stories of God working so that other people know to put their hope in him. I'm big on family. I was so thankful to dedicate my son to the Lord today. Um, I'm, yeah, it's very exciting. I'm big on family. I come from a big family. Uh, I'm just a couple years new to this congregation, but uh, my family, my parents had 10 children. And uh, yeah, um, and I'm number six. So it's like the worst case of middle child syndrome you could imagine. Um, my parents are pastors and they laid a very strong spiritual foundation. But with 10 kids, some things get lost in the shuffle. Um, Personally, I lost my bedroom to some sisters. I lost some clothes to some brothers. Uh, And then there were some kids left at church, school, theme parks. It's hard to keep track of all of us. 
Um, <laughs> but in the, as I grew up, what I lost was that spiritual foundation that my parents laid for us. And I was a good church kid, but there was a growing gap between who I really was and how I acted. I, I know that I learned from my parents as a young boy, sitting with them, hearing the stories of God moving in their lives. But as I grew up, this gap started to happen. And the, more I, the longer I stayed in that gap, the more lost I became. But God, God did not leave me in the gap. God did not leave me with nowhere to go, feeling so lost, he let me stay in the gap long enough that I had a crisis and I called out to him. And what did he do? He didn't solve my problems, but he caused me to remember. He caused me to remember all the work that my parents had done, all the work the grandparents had done, everything that he had done in my own life. Um, Like, my mind was flooded with memories of sitting at the table with my parents, standing in the front row singing Days of Elijah, if anybody remembers that song. Um, (laughs) He showed me that he had been with me all along. And he showed me that not only was he working to bring me close to him, but that also I I could put, I can continue to put my trust in him. And not only could I continue to put my trust in him, not only could I rejoice in this beautiful foundation he had given me, but what good is a foundation if it's not built on? I get to go forward with my kids and with all those coming after me, and I get to tell them stories of faith. I get to tell them stories of God not moving only in my parents' life, but God moving in my life. Um, I get to tell them stories of moving to Princeton on faith. I get to tell them the story of my car being stolen, my little dinky car being stolen, and God giving us a wonderful van. I get to tell them stories of all the jobs that have come up out of nowhere just to provide for us. I get to tell them all the stories to come. So that one day, not just so that they could have the foundation, but that they can build on it. So my dad's a pastor. As a lifelong pastor's kid, I've always longed for this moment. He can hear the recording, but I'm going to use my dad in a sermon illustration. Um, (laughs) uh, Yesterday, my dad and I were working on this wonderful new van that, that we got from my family. And uh, we were changing the timing belt. If anybody knows, that's a big job. Um, And early in the process, we were fighting with this one bolt trying to get it out. And it was almost comical if you didn't live it. But the two of us were like right beside each other, basically on top of the engine, all four of our arms stuck way deep inside, trying to get this one bolt off. And one of us, uh, the one that's smarter, my father, uh, suggested that we look at it from a different perspective. We, take it, we look at it from a different angle. And then he volunteered me to climb underneath the vehicle and look up and to see if we could see the bolt from a different angle. And we did. And we drove here today in the van, so everything is good. Um, but what happened is true. When we shift our focus, we're, we're able to see our lives or the bolts in a whole new way. So know that God is working on your behalf and learn to recognize and give credit to him for all the blessings that he's given you. Every breath is sustained by the Lord. Like, there's nothing you have that God has not given you. If that's hard, ask him to help you you shift your perspective like I did. Show you the times that he has worked in your life. In this room, and I'm so happy to say this, in this room there's generations represented because of this. Because one person decided to share one person decided to be thankful to God, and there's generations coming after them 
who know those stories and who are building on that foundation. We're all given the opportunity to be thankful to God. So recognize him in your life and give him credit for where he has brought you. Build on that foundation he has put in your life and tell the stories because it changes it for the generations. Good morning. <laughs> well, I'm Sarah, I'm just gonna get straight on in there. So uh, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do we really have to be thankful? in all circumstances. It feels easy, doesn't it, when things are going well in our lives? But what about when it doesn't look quite so rosy? Do we really have to be thankful in the midst of heartache or grief or pain? Even when we can't see God actually acting in our lives? The simple answer, of course, is yes. And I want to suggest today that our thankfulness should not flow out of our ability to see what God is doing, but out of our knowledge of who God is. There are definitely times in all of our lives when the last thing we want to do is thank God or give him our worship for what is happening in our lives. In fact, my reading of this verse doesn't actually say we have to thank God for everything, but give him thanks in everything. And I think this distinction is really important. Thankfulness is a posture that can shift our perspective. When life is pulling us down, when our world feels overwhelming, and we're struggling to see God at work, the last thing we often want to do is lift our heads to the Lord and thank him. A downward, circumstance-focused posture is a closed posture. We have little room for God to meet us there. However, if we raise our heads to God, thanking him, our posture is now open. Our focus and attention have an opportunity to see something different, gain a different perspective on our lives. It's an upward posture, a posture of worship. Psalm 9 verse 1 in the Passion Translation says this, Lord, I will worship you with extended hands as my whole heart explodes with praise. There are definitely things that do keep our heads down, our bodies burdened. Our past can have this effect. Shame can have this effect. Life can have this effect. However, the truth of the situation is that Jesus died on the cross to take all those burdens. He came so that we don't have to walk around bearing that weight. That is something we can be thankful for in all circumstances. We may feel like circumstances that we have walked through have left us marked. That divorce has left its scar. That an unwise business decision means that we're not who we feel God has called us to be. A death of a loved one has left a gaping hole in our lives that we know Jesus can fill, but we're just not feeling it. There was a time when I was walking around burdened by the past decisions of my life. I felt shame and I was, my posture was down. It was down in my circumstance and I wasn't looking to Jesus. I couldn't see God's hand in it and it left me bruised. Someone challenged me to look up, see who God is, thank him for what he has done and Jesus met me there. Worship is powerful. Placing yourself in a posture of thankfulness is powerful. It's hard when we are feeling all our feelings, when our circumstances just seem too big for God to deal with, or we just can't see how God is active in our circumstance, when it may even feel like he's forgotten us. Those times are tough, but the truth is that God is active even when we can't see it. 
A favorite song of mine for a while has been Waymaker, and the bridge says this, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. And God never stops working. He never stops loving you. He never stops planning your steps. He never stops seeing you, and he never stops providing all you need. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is why we can be thankful in all circumstances, not for our circumstances, but thankful that God is who he says he is, and he never changes. He is faithful even when we don't see it. He's our sustainer even when we don't believe it. He's our comforter when, we don't, when we're feeling pain that we've never felt. He is our rock and our salvation even when our feet feel like we are sinking. God never changes. We can look up and know that God is there. God is seeing our circumstances. And when we move our posture from down, inward and circumstance focused to upward and thankful, there is space for God to move into our heart and meet us where we're at. Every single circumstance we face in our lives will be easier to face, simpler to walk if we allow Jesus to meet us there. The second part of Psalm 9-1 says, I will recount all your wonderful deeds. It is often easier to look back and be thankful for what the outcome and what we've already seen. But how powerful would it be in our lives if we had the posture of thankfulness at the time throughout that situation or circumstance? So our thankfulness should not flow out of our ability to see what God is doing, but out of our knowledge of who God is. If you are walking around life right now, believing that God is not interested in your life or even aware of your circumstances, that is a lie. A lie that is stopping you stepping into freedom stepping into all God has for you. Can I encourage you that if you have not taken a posture of thankfulness in your circumstance, that you do. Jesus will meet you where you are at. He will restore what has been taken. He will fill the gaps you are feeling and he will heal the wounds from the past. When you posture yourself with an open heart of thankfulness for who God is, healing, freedom and power will be released over your life. So, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. Can we just thank them again? Wow. We are so blessed with so many amazing leaders in this house. Isn't that just awesome? Honey, I think a few of them are aiming for your chair because, wow, there's some powerful speakers there. What a great morning. We just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And just to close out, just to remind us of some of the points that they all spoke to so eloquently. Adrian was speaking about the importance of Thanksgiving, that giving thanks builds your faith. And that you can, I don't know if you caught this little nugget that he said, you can choose thankfulness. It's a common phrase in our home. My husband says it all the time. Every day is a choose day. So good, Adrian. Joash, looking for thankfulness releases faithfulness and steadfastness that he is with us. If you want that joy and that victory, could it be that maybe we need to dig a little deeper into being thankful? Caleb spoke so well that thankfulness gives you access to relationship that many desire. That your breakthrough is on the other side of your obedience and that it's the giving of thanks that brings you into that close relationship with the Lord. Joel did a great job that thanks 
being thankfulness, being thankful or being th- giving thanksgiving, it actually creates a future with God at the center for generations to come. I love how he said, remember, remember, taking time to remember because that actually shifts our perspective. Sarah closed it out with an amazing word that thankfulness comes from knowing who God is. I love that, that it's not giving thanks, that you give thanks in the situation, not necessarily for the situation. Because let's be honest, we all walk through difficult times and there's times when it's not easy. But when we have that posture and we shift our posture to one of thankfulness, it literally changes everything. I want to close out today with Psalm 103 verses 2 to 5. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives your who forgives all your sins? And it just goes on to list and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed. I know I'm not always good at this. I am not good at pausing and, take, and taking stock and remembering I'm all about what's next. Okay, we accomplished this. I was so bad at it with my kids. Oh, they learned how to roll over. Okay, what's next? Now they're gonna be walking. Now they're talking. Now they're driving. Now they're getting married. And it's one step after another. And that's great to look ahead, but it is so powerful to pause because the writer of Psalms, I believe was trying to remind us of something that is so strong in human nature. We tend to forget. You think you're gonna remember all those great moments. Someone told me when my kids were little, write down those things you want to remember. I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm gonna remember the time that my daughter drew all over the wall her own name and blamed somebody else. But there's so many of those moments that impact you of things your kids have said and done and you forget them. You just go through life and it's busy. And I think the writer of Psalms is is reminding us of a, a very key step, forget not. He's obviously saying that because we may have a tendency to forget things. His forgiveness of sins. He heals our diseases. There's many of you in this room here this morning that have got, have seen God in that way. He redeems our life. We get his love, his compassion. So powerful. Let's not be so focused on the next thing or the next event. And Thanksgiving may come only once a year where we actually maybe as a family even take moments to stop and be thankful. But how about we make, we just begin to purpose in our heart that we would live a life of thankfulness that we would build into the rhythm of our life moments where we pause, where we reflect, where we speak out and actually thank the Lord for what he has done. If you could stand with me, please. We believe in her at Horizon Church and just responding to the word. And this morning as a response, what I would like to encourage you to do 
Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you've never thought about living a life of thanksgiving. Maybe you've never thought about taking a moment to just pause and reflect on what God has done for you. I just want to take the next 60 seconds. If you could just close your eyes. We're not going to do anything spooky. I just want you to close your eyes and think of one thing, just one thing that you could thank the Lord for. What's something he's done in your life? What has he taken you from? Maybe the first thing that comes to mind is that he brought salvation into your life. Maybe it's provision, maybe it's restoration of family. Let's just take a moment and just think of that one thing and just quietly to yourself, just thank the Lord for what he's done. closed and your head bowed maybe this morning as I was even reading that verse in Psalms where it talked about he forgives all of your sins maybe you're here this morning and you've never taken that first step you've never taken a moment to pause and to thank God that he that there is an option for you that you can have intimate relationship with him and it comes through inviting him to be the Lord and leader life If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you've never taken a moment to invite him in, none of us that were up here this morning on this stage are special. We've just all taken that first step of asking Jesus into our life so that we could live the best life that he has destined for us. If you're here this morning and you've never made that choice, if you would lift your hand just quietly right now, just so I can know who I'm praying for. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, we want to give an opportunity every week. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to close out this portion and then we're going to close out in a song. Lord, I just thank you for every message on thankfulness this morning. Lord, help us to choose to live a life of thankfulness. Thank you that you came, you brought, you sent your son to sacrifice himself so that we could come into relationship with you. In Jesus' name.